Okay. Episode 4. Playoffs edition. I'm upset. I'm very upset. I had to stay up late to get my heart broken into 6 million pieces. And then I had to get up pretty damn early afterwards. So, as you can probably imagine, I'm a little bit upset about what just unfolded in game three there. I mean, what the hell? What is with this team and three goal leads? I mean, I don't even want to bring it up the year, whatever happened, what happened in the past. It was seven years ago now with the Bruins. I'm just going to say, I don't know what the hell is with this team and three goal leads in the playoffs, but something's up there. So, Let's get right into it. My overall thoughts on this game. They were playing extremely well uh, for about, I want to say, half the game. And then after two periods, it was, they were doing okay. They were doing okay. But that third period, I mean, up until the Seth Jones, after the Seth Jones goal, it it was okay. But that third period was completely terrible. I don't know what kind of excuse of nonsense that was. They were so far back on their heels. I didn't. I, didn't, I thought we were going to just get absolutely blown out of the water there. I mean, oh my God. The errors that you can point out in each of the goals, the defensive lapses. I don't know what the hell that was. I mean, they say our defense is bad. I know that, but this was just this was just absolute child's play nonsense on some of these goals. I mean, let's look at the first one. Let's get into the goals. Let's get get that over with. That first goal, Pierre Luc Dubois is far too wide open, and that's not even on. They're not even on the the penalty kill anymore. They're five on five at that point. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, it seems like, has a country mile between him and the next defenseman there, which is, I think, supposed to be Justin Hole, who skated way too far up. And I don't know, are you a forward now, Holsey? Are you a forward? Where were you going on that one? Why was he so wide open? And then the second goal, which was the Seth Jones goal. So a couple things with this one. The whole team collapsed down low. I'm pretty sure all five Leafs players, none of them are even remotely close to Seth Jones. So there was that. Okay. He's not in the greatest scoring area, but there's absolutely nobody near him. There's far too many guys down low. Um, The hit on Nylander, Felino in front of the net, I don't think that's that bad. I don't know. I mean, I'm not... I don't expect the refs to call that in the playoffs. But Seth Jones has so... Why I'm mentioning the Leafs collapsing down low in that situation. Seth Jones has so much time and space. And that guy is a beast. If, in case you haven't noticed, that guy can really shoot the puck. And boy, did he ever on that second goal. And, I mean, we just marveled at it, it seems. There was way too much watching on that play. I mean, Frederick Anderson, that's a... I mean, that's a shot you got to kind of stop, but it is a very good shot. So I'm not saying it's a weak goal. It's not from a great area, but that is a great shot with 
pinpoint accuracy on it. And it's a very hard shot. You know why? Because it's coming from a six foot seven mutant on the back end. The third goal, and this is the one I had the most, the biggest issue with. That third goal. Let's start. Justin Hole can't get the puck in deep. Travis Dermott pinches and it gets missed. Kasperi Kapanen doesn't do a good job of covering for Travis Dermott on that one. The puck skips by him. 2 1 1. Pierre Luc Dubois. Seemingly now he's a Leafs killer. I don't know if he was talking to Patrice Bergeron all quarantine on how to do that or. Pasternak, I don't know. It seems like there's, there's, there's the list of leaf killers is now going on and on and on and on. But Pierre-Luc Dubois going down two-on-one kind of makes it a one-on-one on Frederick Anderson and he, he buries it on him. So number one, that's on Justin Hole for not getting the puck in deep. Number two, that's maybe not the greatest pinch by Travis Dermott. Number three, Kasperi Kapanen, especially not the greatest pinch by Travis Dermott, we're we're up by one goal in the third period. And then Kasperi Kapanen not covering for him. And then Frederick Anderson is getting beat on that one. That's not an impossible shot to save. So you can place the blame wherever. I mean, I don't even know who, to, who if you want to say one guy was at fault for this goal. But a couple different pieces just missing there. And I mean, oh my God. And then the fourth goal... Just so unfortunate. I, I was I was about to skip over. I almost forgot. So just seeing that goal, I could, I don't even think I want. I hey. Uh, anyways, the fourth goal. Uh, Tyson Berry with a great pass to John Tavares. John Tavares stripped. Morgan Riley not playing far enough back. Kind of. I mean, in a position to get a pass, kind of, but. He didn't hightail it back fast enough. I mean, that's kind of his guy, but also Tyson Berry doesn't do a great job of playing that two-on-one. And then again, Frederick Anderson beat one-on-one. So I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad goal. I'm not saying Frederick Anderson was at fault on that one. Again, but he's, he, got, he got beat. And that's something that you do have to admit in that case. So what did Pierre-Luc Dubois do to beat Frederick Anderson on this one? Well... He came in, uh, what was it, it's a left-handed shot, so uh, forehand to backhand, and you could tell Frederick Anderson was waiting for him to go back to that forehand because he didn't completely square up to that backhand shot there, and as a result, I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of had that angle on him and he roofed it. It was a great backhand, but again, Anderson did get beat on that one. And uh, is that when he could have stopped? Yes. Is it still a good goal? Am I still saying like, oh, that's all on the goalie there? Absolutely not. So, my overall thoughts on this game, there were some good. It didn't come in the, in the, the third period, but there were some good. I mean, Elvis Merzlikens, when he came in uh, to do cleanup job after Yunus Corposalo, he did a pretty good job. There was about, I want to say, three high-danger chances by the Toronto Maple Leafs when it was t- a tied game or when it was in overtime. 
And I mean, for a team that just gave up a three-goal lead, that's kind of impressive that they, they were able to bounce back like that. If this game was in Columbus and that stupid cannon was going off, I kind of doubt that would happen. It would be a lot more difficult. But they did a good job of resetting themselves, so to speak, and giving us a game and uh, breaking our hearts even further than they could have. So, some good, some bad. I mean, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner line, people were pretty critical of Mitch Marner, Wasn't get, didn't get it going, didn't generate enough offense, they were saying. I mean, in game two, he was he was all right. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but... Um, Game three, I mean, they, they they looked like they were buzzing. I mean, Mitch Marner, I think, hit the post. Uh, there was a feed to Austin Matthews on a ferocious one-timer where he hit the post as well. So the chances were there. I mean, even uh, even when we were up three, like, that was before we uh, Columbus even scored. But the chances were there. I mean, it was good. Until it wasn't. I think that's a pretty good way to describe this game. Um, shout out Nick Robertson, first career NHL goal. That was uh, that was awesome to see. The first someone pointed out actually the first uh, playoff goal by a player selected in the 2019 NHL draft uh, because I guess Capocacco didn't score any. I don't know. Well, Kirby Doc was in that. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not looking into it anymore. But Nick Robertson finally getting that goal. Um, I thought the the epitome of this game. I mean, that Kasperi Kapanen line to start. I mean, that play where Clifford chipped it to Kapanen came in. Great chance. Even on the Robertson goal, another great play by Kapanen. This guy's flying since they closed early. Mercy. Um, but then after that, like, where was he? <laughs> he didn't do too much. That line even didn't do too much after that as well. So, I hate to be a cleat. I mean, overall, yeah, it was good until it wasn't. So, a um, couple other notes about this game. I mean, Cody Cece scored a goal, and we still lost. We're getting offense from a guy that had zero goals in 56 games before this. The Colum- And the Columbus killer, he puts one in. We get offense from Nick Robertson, who is, he can't legally buy a drink in Ontario yet. And still, we can't figure it out. So, if this isn't Toronto Maple Leafs hockey, this isn't Toronto Maple Leafs fandom, then I don't know what is. Because it's it seems like we're breaking everyone's heart uh, a lot more than they're making us happy. So, game four today, I mean, I'm expecting Frederick Anderson to start. Um, I don't know what Columbus is going to do. That's pretty interesting situation that they put themselves in well like the goaltending wise because I mean it is a back to back U.S. Corpus Allo was so good in game one and two I, I game three I mean he wasn't his sharpest but 
do you go to Merzlikens, who was actually pretty good in that relief, uh, that reliever position in game four, uh, game three, or do you go back to Corpusalo and say, hey, we're very good in game one and two. We didn't forget that. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I don't foresee the Toronto Maple Leafs taking Martin Marincin out and putting Sandine in. Uh, that was something that I would have liked to have seen. But was Marincin completely terrible? I don't I don't think he was that awful out there. I think he kind of uh, not earned himself, but I think we're going to see him in game game four as well. Uh, the 7D proposition, who knows? Maybe they bring that in. But I don't foresee Martin Marincin being taken out of this lineup. Um, something I'd like to see in game four that I did in game three. Well, a hell of a lot of a, a hell of a better defensive effort. That's what that's what I'm looking for. I'm, <laughs> um, Anderson could be a little bit sharper. I, again, I wouldn't fault him for this game, but I'm not going to sit here and sing his praises to this one. Um, and yeah, without Justin, without uh, Jake Muzzin, I mean, I thought Travis Dermott was decent, uh, better than what we've seen at points in this season in top four. Not fantastic, but not too bad, I want to say. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a big bounce back line from uh, bounce back game from Justin Hole because I really didn't like what he did in Game Three there, and I think that's about it. But when you look at it in in this in Game uh, in Game Three, another thing I wanted to point out: um, the Leafs only had two power plays in this one. Now you can say, oh, the refs were against them. There was a couple missed calls, sure. I did get a DM, someone filming their TV, showing, hey, why, did, why, or why aren't more people talking about the missed calls in this game? I, I, I saw people talk about the missed calls in this game, believe me. If there were no missed calls in this game, I would see Toronto Maple Leafs fans complaining about missed calls. Because you'll hear, you'll hear them if there is a semi-missed call. Um... I did think that there was a, was a couple of missed calls in this game. However, two power plays in this one, it, like, it was just kind of a symptom I felt of. They got the first two. They got the, uh, I believe they got two in the first half of the game, but two isn't enough. They finally got a power play goal, which was very nice to see off. A very nice goal from William Nylander. However, I felt like because there wasn't that offensive pressure there, there wasn't that strong forecheck that Columbus wasn't taking penalties as a result. And so we weren't we weren't on the power play and it kind of set us back a little bit I felt. So that pressure that offensive pressure needs to be there. You can't sit back too much. It the offensive pressure needs to be there all game. Because you know what after that second goal, I really felt that the Leafs were far too back on their heels. And that this was going to be a very difficult one to close out. And guess what? They didn't close it out in typical Leaf fashion. Oh my God. 
I am heated. I am very heated. I don't even think I was going to record today. I just needed to get some of this hot air out of my system, out of my head kind of thing. Because this was just... This is... This is frustrating. To say the least. So. Today, Friday, game four, do or die. Um... I saw some people celebrate old. You get 12.5% chance at Lafreniere. If we're Lafreniere, if we lose, if we lose this series, if we lose this series, I, I I'm gonna be so mentally distraught that I don't think I'm gonna be cognizant of anything for the next two weeks at least. I mean. That'd be a chance where if you wanted to light me on fire, you probably could. And I, I don't know, I might just curl up into a ball. Because this is a series that they should not be having this much difficulty. And as Josh pointed out in episode one, as I said in episode one, if they have difficulty in this series, you're going to hate the hockey that is played so much that... There's going to be some damage done to wherever you're watching this game. And believe me, I'm on the verge of throwing my laptop through the wall. Because what I saw in game one and what I saw in game three is just so far from what the Leafs potentially could put out there that it it boils my blood. So, game four tonight, do or die. I'm obviously predicting a Leafs win. Um, I think we might see a lot of sloppy hockey out there simply because we went deep into overtime last night, and they played the 8 o'clock slot too. It's the 8 o'clock game again tonight, but, I mean, the back-to-back, no travel. Should be a good, but back-to-back after going into overtime, um... There's going to be a lot of sore bodies playing on the ice tonight. So, uh, in terms of predictions, I think, obviously, it's going to be another close one. Actually, um, that'd, be a, that'd be a nice cop. That, that's a cop-out. I'm going 4-1. I think Austin Matthews is going to have a big game, and we're going to see a goal from Mitch Marner in there as well. The fourth one, hell, why not? Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. I'm going Cody Cece with another goal. The Columbus killer. The, like, dude becomes a sniper whenever he plays the Blue Jackets. And the Blue Jackets are wearing those dark jerseys. So, fun fact actually. Cody Cece has played two away games against the Columbus Blue Jackets this year. And he has two goals. I mean... Not bad. I think that's more than Austin Matthews has. So, do we sign Cody Cece long term? No. But, just an interesting tidbit of information that I had there. So, um, try not to loathe today. Try not to cry. Uh, Leafs hockey back 8 p.m. I am ready to get hurt again.